Hello and welcome to Saturn Returns, the podcast that asks, what is Saturn Returns and what the hell are you going to do to get through it? My name's Aoife Hanna and I'm very much in the middle of my Saturn Returns. This episode, I talked to a very close friend of mine, Renetta Jane, also known as Jacinta Gordon. She's an upcoming musician and she's a super incredible, inspirational woman. I hope you enjoy this show and some sage advice. Take care. We're here to talk about Saturn returning. What do you understand about Saturn returning? I don't know. You tell me. Do you know what it is? No. Do I? (laughs) No. Okay, give me, give me, give me your your rundown. Okay, so I've done lots of googling, obviously, because that's my main source of all information. Something to do with when you're born, Saturn is in your solar system, and it comes back every seven years. Right. It returns, but the big one is at the age of twenty nine, right? So. Oh shit! Yeah, twenty eight, <laughs> twenty nine, right? My Saturn has returned. Why you want to talk to me? You're one yeah. of my people who's, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, already, yeah. it's already done. Saturn returning is time when you make decisions about your life. So it might be like if you're in a real serious relationship, getting into it. If mm. you're in a shitty one, getting out of it. If you're in mm. a career you hate, and you're like, right, you know what? So. I, I, I understand that then. Okay, Okay, right? So it starts, like, for people different ages, but mine started at a very clear age, about 26. Mm. That, you know, and the thing is, right, I mean, let's say I'm cosmic and spiritual. Don't really go in for any of it. Probably fucking not, but it's a hobby. And it's an interest, and it's something to blame things on, which is something I'm very passionate about. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me. It's I wasn't asshole. It was Mercury. I wasn't pissed. It was the full moon. You know, that kind of shit. But, yeah, like, around the age of 26, I left TV. I was like, couldn't deal with it anymore. Want to focus more on creative career, mm-hmm. figuring that out still. But it's like, yeah, it's like basically these years of chaos, and then at the end of it, your Saturn will have returned, and it's a transition to adulthood, like mm. realizing you can't fuck around anymore. Yeah. You need to kind of, if you want to actually do something, you've got to do it. Yeah. You're someone who's getting shit done, and we need to talk about how I'm supposed to fucking do that, <laughs> and how other people are as well, because I'm not the only one whose life's a damn mess. Um, I hope I I think my thing is I, I I try to. I'm not there yet, but I'm a work in progress. And as well, something that you're very good at that I think we have in common that we're both good at is seeing people's talents and giving them confidence boosts and being like, look, you are fucking good at this. Why aren't yeah. you doing that? Why yeah. are you working in this job where you're destroying yeah. your soul, yeah. getting nothing from it? Yeah. We're both good at that. I just find it very difficult to turn it inwards. There you go, sister. There yes, you go. Like... There you go. I think that's been my conflicts for the last probably nine years. Mm. Every job I've ever had, every situ- like working situation I've ever worked in, I've always been in a position to empower other people. Mm. Uh, and I love it. I just thrive of it. Like if I spot something in someone or I try to kind of look at like, Okay, this person looks like they're leaning towards this thing. Hmm, that's interesting. What if we push them more to that thing while they blossom? So for me, it was just this instinctual thing that I have within me to encourage other people, support them, help them find their own way. When I look back over my time and I think about the amount of time I've given to that, the amount of time I've given to other people to help other people, I realised in the process, I was almost doing that selfishly. Like, there is a great intent with that, but there's selfishness because it helped me to deflect 
you're avoiding from myself it yeah. helps me it, it, it makes me feel so good mm. that it just takes me away from dealing with me you're still not necessarily where you want to be or you're still not in alignment let's say with where you're supposed to be almost or if, even if you're just supposed to be on a journey you may not be on your journey yet because of that your background you know you started off religiously you know mm. and you've moved from that do you think that professional life taking over and then also yourself making a different journey away from the church affected Mm. your connection with music and your relationship with music growing up a child of a preacher growing up in a very pentecostal environment and i think in that environment performance was definitely encouraged so you had like performance art school via jesus yeah i was i was I was engrossed in it. Being engrossed in it at that, especially from a really young age, I had a different perspective of music, though, mm. than my peers did in, in that environment. And that separated me. i never forget, I, I got up in church one day. I was a teenager. I got up in church and <laughs> I sang a jazz version of a song called Love. Now, I can look back and go, I probably bombed some of the runs, some of the moments that you're, you're kind of supposed to hit, but the intent was there. So I sang this song, and I'm singing it, and I'm feeling it, closing my eyes, everyone's like watching, and then by the time I got to the end of the song, the congregation just looked at it was just like... What kind of a look? Nothing. It was nothing. It was a nothingness, man. Like, nothing. And then it was... And a, you were like, where's my fucking ambition? <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just like, it's really slow, coming to clap, and then clapped. And then I left the stage. What just happened, man? Did I did I suck that bad? Mm. What what happened? And this is in a congregation of people. Yeah, you're, you're talking like I'm a teenager singing in front of two hundred people. Fuck. Okay, that's my training ground. I never forget this wonderful woman called Kemi, and Kemi said to me, "Don't worry about their reaction. It's okay." Mm. She said, "You keep doing you because how you sing and your version of that that was awesome." So I was really, you know, I was grateful to to kind of get that affirmation from somebody because I kind of, my spirit needed that at that moment. But at the same time, it kind of started to lead me on a path of how the singers and the creatives perform and sing in that environment. It's not quite me. Like, there's a way of singing gospel music and I just didn't fit in with it. Yeah. I, I really love jazz. Mm. Like, I really, really, really love jazz music. And then I loved rock music, and I loved indie, and I loved hip-hop. So it just didn't work, my kind of sound. There was a tug-of-war with it, I definitely think, from early on, in terms of, like, where am I going with this? What's What's my sound? What does it mean to be authentic? And if you're already questioning yourself in terms of, like, your belief system do you actually even believe all of this stuff? Because I used to sit in congregation and, man, I could perform for anyone and just be like, yeah, hallelujah. Like, you know, I can do all of that. But did I really mean it? Mm. 
to me, no. It was very much, in this environment, I can be a star. So I'm going to play my part. By doing that, I was rewarded. And, I, and then one day, it was just like, I sat there and I listened to what was going on and what was being said in the sermon. And, stuff, and I just started to question the hell out of it. Like, Can you what? remember the day? Because mm. I can remember the day I lost my faith. Okay. I can remember it. Uh... Because we were both raised religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Neither think... of us are religious <laughs> anymore. No, I just think, I don't think for me it was a specific day. There were just small moments of just questioning everything I was exposed to. I always th- thought of things kind of beyond my age anyway. And everybody always referred to me as an old soul. So I really wasn't interested in a lot of things that people my own age group were interested in and I was always kind of wanting sniffing glue oh well you know mm. I always wanted to kind of sit with the adults and talk to them and then you know when I did that I questioned the hell out of them they couldn't give me answers yeah you know what I mean and instead of someone being genuine and being like you know what I, I don't know yeah they would just say a shit yeah it, and it was this kind of like you know you're being argumentative so be quiet now this is like you know what I mean, like you know when you you kind of getting into a bit of an argument with someone and then it... they just shut you down, say yeah. shut the fuck off instead of actually <laughs> listening to you. But yeah. you know it's funny, like yeah. people have always said that I was an old soul as well. It's mm. fun that we both had that thing. Mm. And do you think mm. this is like side note? As you know, me and my self-diagnosed ADHD. Okay. But do you think that people thinking that you're an old soul and you are wise and you are clever, you know, you're settled and you're someone people go to with their problems. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that adds a pressure from people? People just expect you to nail fucking everything. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah. The level of pressure. Um, yeah, I've had that. But I think that's also, for me, that pressure came from being the oldest. I've always carried that feeling of being responsible mm. for other people. Yeah, well, I think it's having little brothers, to be honest. I'm pretty sure if you had little sisters, you wouldn't have to feel like a mother. I was bloody mother to my little brother. (laughs) Bless him. Love him, but... Yeah, no, but it's just that, you know... I always want to look after the boys. Yeah, this is the thing. And then, you know, you would make friends on that basis. And then I think, for me, what I've learned over the years... It can't be a one-way fucking street! That has really come to a head for me. But that's also... Saturn yeah. returning. What am I telling yeah. you about? Yeah. Like, the thing is, right, even if you don't believe in astrology, even no, if you don't I believe, do though. I do. But I no do. matter what you do, you don't believe in something mm. fucking changes. Yeah, yeah. Something changes in your yeah. late twenties, and going through it is like hell. But mm. you're supposed to come out the other side, mm. a more better formed human being. <laughs> yeah. You have come through the universe's vagina. <laughs> yeah. You've come out the other end looking shiny. You don't smell like crap anymore. Yeah. You've been washed by the nurse. Yeah, it's true. That is the universe. I don't know when that's officially going to happen. I just think we're always evolving. We're always evolving. Uh, you know, I don't think there's this concrete moment where it's like, okay, this is it. We're working progress all the time. But what do you think, like... Because I definitely feel a bit lost at the moment. Like, okay. Real talk, I feel lost. Mm. In a way that is very anxiety-causing to me because, Lord knows, I work... Look at this. Left religion says Jesus and Lord every <laughs> five minutes. I work my ass off. There's blood. There's cuts and blood on my hand every day for how hard I work. Mm. I'm on my feet all day mm. working my ass off, you know, for very little money. And... Um, 
I'm not someone who's a mega venture capitalist. I don't want to own 45 flats. I don't want to do this than the other. But it would be nice to have the comfort of owning a home someday or yeah. to be able to have some element of, or just to be able to have a little bit of savings. And that's kind of where I'm at now. But also to be able to do creative things is how to get the balance. And that's something you are also struggling with. Yeah. Firstly, I believe that all people are creative. Some people have chosen not to tap into it. But for those of us that really lean into our creativity and it's like, if we don't get to express this thing, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. Like those people, um, I think we're pretty bad at selling in, in a way. Like mm. we're good at, we're good at kind of like selling other things and other people being able to convince and charm about yourself. Mm. We're not really good at self-promotion. Well, self-promotion is... We're not good at that. Hard. We're not good at that. And there's, you know, there's almost like this shame with self-promotion. It's like, you don't want to be the person in the room that everybody talks about once they leave the room. And then they're like, did you get him? Let's be what honest. You don't want to be an RSL. You don't yeah, want to be an you RSL. You don't want people to be like, have you heard? <laughs> yeah. Are you You don't want to do that. But the yeah. fact of the matter is, like... We both have skills that are commodities. Yeah. That are creative. And it's just marketing them. I mean, I have struggled my whole life with, in every job I've done, in every school, in every class I've been, I've always been the kind of gobby one, making jokes at the back of the class, Mm. getting in trouble. Mm. Something that I'm maybe a bit better at than other people is making people laugh and Mm. I'm making kind of acerbic comments or this that and the other mm. but how the fuck do I get that to pay for my rent you know <laughs> and then also other skills that I don't necessarily see the value in like what do you think of it like what do you think I need to do what do you think I need to because I'm looking for advice I've said this to you before though like for me when I met you I was like who's this woman like who the hell is this woman? Like, you walk in with such an audacity. Like, in terms of, like, you're very, like, this is me, this is who I am. Give no fucks, right? Then when you get to know you and and, and you spend a lot of time with you, you realise the layers behind that. And so, for me, you're always focused on what you don't have, what you're not good at, and what you can't do. In my opinion, you need to be more centred on what you are good at. But I know that's difficult because in this economy, it's kind of like the skills that you don't feel you have, they're valued so much. Mm. These are skills that will be able to get you a job tomorrow. And this is what I've been trying to tell you for a while. Like, you're actually a writer, like you're a writer to me because mm. you create narratives all the time. Like, I remember spending time with you at work and I'm supposed to be uh, downstairs, you know, doing some accounts and stuff. And I come upstairs, pop my head upstairs. And then, like, you've just made my day. Like, you've just made my day in terms of making me laugh. But it's not making me laugh. I'm not laughing at you. It's like the intelligence in actually what you just said and how you just said that. And other people actually haven't caught how smart that was well, it was Lord just knows like most people are stupid it was just like I know you're positive you know? <laughs> I think most people are idiots I know you're positive I just, yeah I, know. I was just like I was just, I'm like damn like 
you need to have a like a, a recorder with you all day every day like you know so I think we're in this time where content is actually valued because of the internet content is valued well, you know my background is writing right well, well I used to write like, no last year no you just got a little secret life <sighs> yeah and I had a radio show at uni and what happened uh, moved to London, gave up on all my dreams. <laughs> so, so then what was the connection between the writing and the media? So I always wrote, so I was a, such a bookworm growing up, like mega reading every everything. In school, always just did really well on my creative writing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then used to write a lot myself. I think I just got lost, got a little bit lost in sort of teen years and and you know puberty mm. uni oh the adolescence okay. is a bollock and especially let's be honest if you're a queer like a chubby queer it makes everything like a little bit stressful you know yes. and you get through that and you get in, and you're like all your friends are hanging out with all these awful people who you know mm. are awful and you know they're always going to be awful yeah and you know you talk to your friends now and they're saying yeah those people are the worst it's like honey i told <laughs> yeah. you like when you were out drinking in fields i was sitting in my room like watching tv and doing god knows what else but like you know boring but from that age definitely started to feel you know the not good enough stuff which i'm over in so many ways Mm. but that's the thing i just decided the book stops here i can't keep on doing this to myself like what is the point like you know how few people actually take an extra five minutes to look past the show yeah and actually have a chat with me and actually know anything about me they just think Oh, here comes Eva. Do you know what I mean? And my thing is, yeah, you can't say I'm a quitter because yeah. I keep on doing these fucking pub quizzes <laughs> that I hate. <laughs> I keep on doing them. I keep on trying to launch them in other places and they don't work. And I don't want to do pub quizzes. Yeah, they're so boring, yeah. but they pay. I was dying. Like I was dying. It well, was it's like... a lot of people come to watch it, which makes me feel good because the thing is, having tried to do kind of stand up and stuff, that sort of. Thing, I find it very hard to script myself. Okay. It's incredibly difficult. Mm. Like, have you tried it? No. It stinks. Okay. Right? If you're writing a song, you can you can work on four words and see how they look together, go back to it. If you're standing in front of people mm. and you've got to try joke after joke after joke, and they're all shit eyes. Mm. It's just not something I'm good at. I think it's an amazing thing that people can do, but I'm much more natural. I'm much better at emceeing, hosting. Like, I used to love having a radio show. And this is, you know, why podcasting is something that's kind of a natural transition. Because yeah. it's... I can talk. <laughs> yeah. I have a voice. and Jesus. Yeah. But I need to be more serious about things. I hate being serious. Yeah, but is it that... Is it that you have to be more serious? Or is it that you just need to dive... And I sound like that guy... Um, Diving deep, Ralph, YouTube guy. Anyway, uh, yeah, is it more I that I don't you, watch those YouTubers? Yeah. Is it more that you have to dive in into what you're doing rather than it being like this serious thing? Because when you even just described it now and you use that word serious, how your face, facial expressions change, how you actually feel about it, it just makes you not want to do something. Now you just got to tell yourself, okay, this is going to be sh- constructive, but it's going to be fun. So you should have a damn podcast. <laughs> so Renetta says. <laughs> Renetta says. Oh, damn. Today, my thought of the day is get out of bed and shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I can never be a therapist. I'd be the worst therapist. I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> no, no, you need to yeah. get over yourself. Yeah, I'd be a terrible therapist. 
Well. So that's then, because I was thinking of that. I wrote a list actually. But then, what? What about? What about the, of things I can do? By yeah, but way. what about going oh. back into more of the writing though? So you know, typical me, I have to like, make myself laugh while I'm writing <laughs> lists. So it's like, let's start with things I can do. Okay. Okay. So childcare. Yes. Admin. Yes. That's a stretch. I hate admin. Barista. Also yes. a stretch. I'm pretty bad at making coffee. Bar work. I can. Yeah, Come on, yeah, right? yeah. Um, cooking. Um, I will say I'm the best cook, and people hate cooking for me. So you still got to teach me how to make that. Um, oxtails. <laughs> yeah. Right. Quizzes. <sighs> MCing, not like rapping, like master ceremony. Yeah. Because I can't rap. Yeah. Comedy, writing, PA and assistant in TV and photo shoots. I've done them in those but I just do not want to go back to TV it is a vacuous industry okay you don't want to go back to TV but that's behind the scenes of TV what about in front front of camera is something that has been suggested to me several times camera and something I have considered several times but the fact of the matter but what's the fact of the matter every asshole wants to be in front of a camera Mm. most assholes (laughs) I've worked in TV so most of the people in front of the camera Okay. Uh, okay. So I am not necessarily, and this is probably something that will not, will always be the detriment of my bank account. Okay. I will not sell my soul to do it. I will not shit on other people to do well. I will not do yeah, that. Yeah, It's one of the benefits of the Catholic guilt. Yeah. <laughs> right. One of the very few. I'm going to take down the timestamp on that one. Twenty nine. <laughs> when Saturn returns. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, and I refuse to. You know, I mean, I don't take shit off anyone. I never would. Mm. Well, I mean, I used to, but... Anyway, look, let's move through this. Okay. Things I'm not good at, which I wrote twice for some reason. Okay, yeah. Lulls, you, cooking. You, you wrote same. it twice. For some reason. Customer service. Nurturing. I'm good at nurturing. Mm-hmm. Working with kids and languages. I am also fluent in Spanish. Yeah, I know. You've never which used that. Which I never use that. I know, but my verbs, las verbos, are pretty bad. It's probably not even the word for okay. verbs. And then further training. So my podcast is a new project. So training a project. Night courses. I think I'm doing night courses I can do. And then also this one. This one's a funny one. Do some plus size or tattoo modeling. Why not? I'm just going to become a model. Why not? I'm going to become a model, Jack. Why not? I'm just going to become a model. I can see you on them. What's that? What's that magazine? Simply be. Oh, you fucking bitch. <laughs> or suicide girls. You know the girls cover tattoos. Yeah. People will... Be suicidal in the CV. But like, I just, well, the thing is, like, radio and audio production courses, Mm -hmm. considering possibility. And that's another thing that I think you're better off just working somewhere and learning. Like, I think people spend money on courses. And then for some reason, I also put therapy and counseling. I must have mixed up the lists of things I need (laughs) versus things I'm good at. No. But I don't know. Where are we going to start? We need to give strength. a model to other people going through this who are going to listen to this and think, well, I need a bloody hand as well. Yeah. I think start with your strengths. What are your strengths? What are you actually good at? And I'm not saying, because I hate sometimes when people say to me, what's your passion? Because sometimes you don't know yet. Sometimes you, you, you're, not, you're not there yet. But what is it that you're good at? Anybody that tells me they're not good at anything, you chat your shit. Like, mm. everyone has something that they're good at or something that they gravitate toward. Now, let's give an example. If you're a singer, uh, and you know those kind of singers that <laughs> go on to um, 
those TV programs, those talent shows, no, no name. Uh, and they're like, yeah, I gravitate, I gravitate towards singing. And then you hear them sing, and then everybody's like, whoa, whoa. So I'm not saying go and do something that you gravitate towards that, like, so what you're saying is, Eva, <laughs> give up on the modelling career. It's not going to go anywhere. No, what, so I'm, rude. what I'm saying is, be real with yourself. Like, what are you good at? And what do you actually enjoy to do? And what doesn't feel like work? We won't have any consistency with. We won't put the time in. We won't put the 10,000 hours in that it requires to master something. We... We won't do that. Mm. So I think it's important to just be real with yourself. Yeah. What are you good at? And then if you don't know, and you seriously don't know what you're good at, ask your closest friends, like family members that you trust, people that you're really close to, what, what is it that you see in me that you think I'm good at? Now, don't ask people that are shady or full of shit, okay? Or like jealous, like yeah. little jealous face, Ms. Face Scrooge bags. Yeah. We just want to put you down at every corner because there's always <laughs> yeah. those people, isn't there? Nah, that's for real. That's that's definitely, yeah. I was running away from what I was good at for ages, for ages. Working for the man. Working for the man. For a- and it's just, you know, it's just about you being real with yourself and saying, what can I not live without? I can't live without this thing, then, you know? That's what you need to work on. You have to think about it. If you're driven by money, then you can do that because you'll give it the consistency and the time that it needs to do that thing to make money. But most people like to spend their time on things that it doesn't feel like hard work. They're not actually just driven by money. They're actually driven by things uh, that make them feel good. We're really driven by our emotions look towards things that make us feel good go and do it make money in it why not can you give a story of your path professionally because I think your professional path to me is a perfect example of someone who has pretty much got you you, you got to a place where you could have been putting every single part of yourself into that job oh and God. making an unbelievable amount of money. Yeah. But you made a decision, a conscious decision to say, that is not what it's about for me. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who listen to this who are nailing their job and are making good money yeah. but they're so fucking miserable. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, there's been, yeah, there's, I've had quite a few opportunities to progress in companies and I have progressed in organisations and I've got, you know, to a really good level, earning really good money. And then one day it just it just really hit me. It was what like What was your Eureka moment? Okay. And I would like to thank Oprah Winfrey. Okay, okay. For that line. Yeah. Which I'll take. <laughs> okay. Credit Oprah, your show was great. No, that that is a really good line. Um mm. I won't mention names, but there was this one lady that I used to work with. I think at the time I was about 25 26 and I had just been uh, promoted to being an acting general manager of this really huge store and then (laughs) this lady was like she was like a bit like a mentor to me she helped me figure out 
just like my kind of path, how to become a manager, what you need to do, what good leadership was mm. about. Because this, you know, she'd been in the game for a long time, and at that time, I think she was about forty-five at that time. But she was good at what she did, but she was miserable. But she wasn't miserable with me. She really liked talking to me. So everybody else would be like, oh my gosh, she's so moody. She was communicating with me. She just lots of fun, we would just get along, and I'd learned so much from her. But then one day, I um, witnessed her curse someone out. And it was over something really stupid. I don't even really remember, but I just remember it being really stupid, and it didn't make sense. Like, her reaction didn't make sense at the time. And then I thought about her life. And I thought about like, okay, she's 45. She's gone as far as she can go in this company. What does she do all day? Like, what does she do in her spare time? She doesn't have much of a social circle. So there's so many areas where she's just not fulfilled. And I, I think for me, it was that moment I was like, wow, I have become this acting general manager, assistant manager of this store. And I was like, shit, I've got 20 years to go until I'm like that. Do I really want to be like that? Do I really want to be inside this store, you know, at 45, bringing in the next generation and being really miserable? It would be a different story if I was completely passionate about it and I was obsessed and that that's what I want to do. But, you know, she obviously was enjoying getting the paycheck. And I just looked at her and I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, Yeah, because that paycheck mm. looks super salty and tasty and delicious for the first two weeks of the month. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and then the next two weeks, you're like, yeah. oh, God, Because then you realise, like, what do I have to do for this money? Well, actually, in my industry, it's more like first day. And then your <laughs> yeah. rent goes out and you're like, ah. No, but you're just it. like, actually, like, what did I actually have to give for this money? I actually had to give shit, I had to give 55 hours this week mm. for this money. Blood, sweat and tears. I had to come in when someone called in sick because it just needed to be covered. I had to, like, not have a life to actually be here. Mm. And then you're like, well, in life, our most precious commodity is time. Well, you don't know when it's going to run out. You don't have a lot of it. Why am I here? You know, so for me, that was the beginning that, of that thought. That statement, Jay, is so... It was a, it was the beginning of that kind of thought. It's very, yeah. like, it's just so true. Yeah. That time, it's a, it, it is finite. And that's, like, when you look at, just like you said, like, older, when I looked at TV and I looked at the big bosses and I was leaving the office at 11 and they were leaving at 3 in the morning. Yeah. And they were all divorced. <laughs> They were all, you know, yeah. never seeing their kids. Mm. Fair enough, they don't have to work three, four months a year and then yeah. the rest of on holiday. But who are you going on holiday with? You've got no friends left. Exactly. And also, most of your friends have normal jobs, probably. They can't just take three or four months yeah. off, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So that was my wake-up moment in TV. So did you, did you just hand your notice in then? No, I mean, I sat with the thought for a while. I sat with it. And you know what it's like living in London, man? It's just like... Soul destroying? Yeah, because you're just like, you're selling yourself. You are pimping yourself for Do you a think check. that we are masochists? Because we choose <laughs> to live in the city. I mean, you've got an excuse. You was born here. Yeah, yeah. I was born in the leafy suburbs of Dublin. 
And I've chosen to <laughs> live in a city where I make just enough money to pay my rent bills. Mm. You know, with real talk, less than £100 a month or a week disposable income after that. Mm. And we're not talking about savings. We're not talking about anything. That is mm. So, with, you know, groceries, mm-hmm. you maybe go out once, mm. if even... That's all your money gone. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's it. That is it. And it is difficult. Paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. But Why then, do we do it? But the payoff. What's the payoff? What's the return? The return is meeting people that you wouldn't necessarily meet in Dublin, in the suburbs. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 100%. Like, my family, mean? my queer family, my international family. There you go. You know what? We've got all nationalities. Dublin yeah. is a wonderful, diverse place full of incredible people. Yeah. And I will never, ever slag Dublin off. It's yeah. my hometown. I love it, but London has given me mm. a yeah a home, and it's my chosen home. Yeah, and I always talk about leaving it, but yeah, we all do. All right. I'm gonna take. I think hopefully other people will take your advice. I'll take your advice. What do you think I should do in the next, let's say, fortnight? Let's give me a two week. Give me some goals. Goals. I aim to have one whole episode goals. edited okay. and ready. Okay. Which I think is, is achievable. I actually don't believe in goals anymore, actually. What? Just no, just because I think we set ourselves up to like okay, so let's say you put all this pressure or all this weight on a deadline. On this deadline mm. that you're supposed to get things done and then you don't achieve it by that time or on that time. That feeling that can just come up. And that can actually stop you from doing anything else is so severe. Like it's so heavy. Like you just set yourself up. So I think for me, it's not necessarily about having a goal in its traditional formal sense. It's more about what is the reality of what I want my life to look like. And you know, you don't need to start with what do I want my life to look like in a year. What do I want my life to look like over the next four weeks? Literally, that is just how I even started this is what I want it to look like how do I want to feel over the next four weeks because I'm really driven by emotion and I'm very aware of how much emotion drives me so I have to be real with that so then I'm like okay if I'm driven by emotion how do I want to feel over the next four weeks or how do I want to feel over the next eight weeks okay how am I going to achieve that feeling what do I have to do to feel like this because when I break it down like that it feels actually it feels a lot better than for me saying to myself yo you need this epic goal this epic deadline because I've done that to myself so many times and then I've not made the deadline and even with my EP that I'm still creating um, it takes time to actually do it people don't understand like how much time you know creating something from scratch does take but then you put this pressure on yourself to say okay I said it was going to be done by this time then you don't do it and then so I would just say if you're a creative person you may lean to being a bit more emotional or tuned in to your emotions then set your goals but I say little quotations based on your feelings so ask yourself how do you want to feel within the time span and then what are the steps um what is it going to take for you to feel like that what do you need to do? Because everything's execution. Get shit done. It's execution, isn't it? Mm. And most of it is procrastination. Procrastination of fear. Lord knows, those are my two... Fear, like fear to even send the email. Fear to even, like, like make the call that you need to make. Fear, because we just create these stories 
of these outcomes, but we don't really know what the outcomes are going to be. And surround yourself with the right people. Jesus, yes. That is. Yes. But, you know, I think the future's bright for both of us, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I definitely think so. Cool. Well, thank you for talking to me. No worries. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, babe. If you want to check out Renata Jane's music, have a look on Renata Jane Music on Instagram or renatajane.com. If you also fancy procrastinating at work or just throughout your day by seeing what I'm up to, have a look at Aoife Podcasts on Instagram. That's A-O-I-F-E Podcasts. Huge thanks are also owed to the lovely Paddy Hannah, my older brother, for the wonderful music. You can find Paddy on Instagram at Paddy Hannah Music. Also on Spotify. The jingle music comes from Sunday Milkshake, which is available on all streaming websites and iTunes right now. And of course, you guys for listening, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes. You get everyone you know to subscribe on iTunes. You bloody keep on listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys, and see you again.